0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP, Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. Folks, it's the free monthly magazine. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. Hey, everybody, and I are here, and man, oh, man, do we got a cool show on tap. Up first, he's a producer, director, Writer, actor, comedian, heck, he's even Joey Bishop in the in the Rat Pack live show. Sandy Hackett joins us. Then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to give back with the head of the Giving Back Fund. Mark Pollock, will be here. But first, we bring on the host. Here is comic impressionist Rich Natoli.
1: How about that Sandy Hackett? Isn't he something? <laughs> he well, something. I want to tell you. How you been, man?
0: Oh, doing fine. Doing fine.
1: Good deal. Yeah, we're we're lucky to have Sandy on. You know, very accomplished.
0: Oh yeah, yes, indeed.
1: He's done everything, like you said. It's amazing. We got Sandy Hackett, ladies and gentlemen, the son of the great legendary Legendary Buddy Buddy. Hackett. We all love Buddy Hackett. How you doing, Sandy? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good deal. Good deal. You know, we were. Well, I, I listened to all those things you said about me, and
2: I, I haven't done any of them. I'm sitting at home in COVID, just <laughs> waiting for <Omicron laughs> to pass.
1: <laughs> well, well, we're all living off our former uh, life in show business at this point. <laughs> it's Like, what are we? What are any of us doing now? I'm like, you know. So, uh, how are you, man? Uh, Well, I'm
2: COVID-free. I'm I'm happy to say that. I I know a lot of people that have, have gotten it or have had, you know, family members and stuff like that, and even some people that passed, so... You know, this thing still with us, so to be COVID-free and be safe, I feel pretty lucky.
1: And so, and what would Buddy Hackett say if he was here about this? Like, you know, his voice, we were talking uh, on the phone the other day, John, uh, uh, and I said, you you sound uh, a little like your dad, you know, but he does a great... I,
2: I would say, well, it's probably too late for me to get the uh, vaccination as I'm already dead. <laughs>
1: You know, I remember my dad. My dad came, but used to go and stay at the Desert Inn, and he would go to the different shows in town. and uh, And one of the shows he would always rave about was Buddy Hackett's show. You know, my dad would go see Wayne Newton, then he'd go see Buddy Hackett. He'd go, "Oh, you got to see this guy, Buddy Hackett. He's hilarious." You know. (laughs) And I think your dad did. I think my dad was saying something. He did like, didn't he do a bit about the being in the army and everything, service or something?
2: Well, first of all, let's start with what you said. You said um what did you say my dad I remember my dad very what did you say about your dad
1: I said my dad would just s-
2: remember my you no no you said I remember my dad so right away I think that's wonderful
1: oh thanks yeah and, and he used to talk about the show just <laughs> <laughs> to talk about yeah I know I know I know I got it so he he would talk about the shows Are you, you
2: know or not. Let's have a little sense of humor here for God's sake. And then you're comparing Wayne Newton who sings to my father who tells jokes Wayne Newton, look, my dad wasn't a great singer, and Wayne Newton can't tell a joke. Well,
3: listen, I was a fan of Buddy Hackett. He's a fabulous talent. Fabulous. Uh. Fabulous talent. Wayne
2: used to come hang out with my dad. He used to come over to the dressing room sometimes or send people over to see the show, and we would send people over to Wayne's show. My dad and Wayne were pretty friendly. Wayne was a good guy.
1: And so did you find, you know, I used to do your, I don't know if you remember, I did your showcase several times in uh, when you had it at uh, Sandy Hackett showcase over at the the Sahara in the uh, in the lounge over there which was a great room and uh and I got gig you know when I did your showcase I got paid gigs out of it there was always somebody sitting out there that hired me you know so you 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 had a great thing there how long did you do that that showcase um
2: we did the showcase I did it in uh, Las Vegas for 12 years we started the Sahara Eventually, we went to the Mint. Then I was at the Mint and the Dunes. I would be at the Mint downtown on Sunday night and at the Dunes in the old days when the Dunes was there. On Monday night, we also did it up at the Sahara Reno for a year and Sahara Tahoe for a year. And I used to go on Sunday night, uh, Sunday fly up to Lake Tahoe for a year and then then to Reno. So uh, I think over the years, I introduced... without exaggeration, well over 10,000 acts. Yeah. And if you got work, I'm not surprised because so many acts used to come do the show, get work and stuff like that. And I'm still friends with, uh, you know, a lot of people that have done it. And some of the people that their first time on stage in Las Vegas, Howie Mandel, Drew Carey, uh, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, I used uh, to see
1: Arsenio. Arsenio was hanging out there. I remember one time when I did it. He was, he was Did he go on there, Arsenio Hall? Because uh, I, I remember um, him hanging out by the bar there.
2: I don't remember if Arsenio did the showcase, but Arsenio and I worked together in Atlantic City under a review called Kaleidoscope, where we were the alternating hosts. Um, and then, uh, they made one of us one week was the host and the other one was the comic. They would take all their opening acts and put them on the show. So there'd be four or five guys, uh, uh, on the show. And then Arsenio got, uh, got his pilot picked up for the Arsenio Hall show when he left. And I ended up with the, with the job and I was there for, I think, uh, six months or a year. I don't even remember.
1: Yeah. And so then, um, okay, so you did that.
2: that's the last time Arsenio ever spoke to me. (laughs) Once his star took off, he didn't need me.
1: Well, yeah, you know, it's ironic. I I used to work the comedy store regularly every week, and Howie Mandel would be on, like, every night when I was on, uh, he would be on. And then he got famous, and I went, I haven't seen him. (laughs) I haven't seen him. So, you know. Stuff changes. I got to tell
2: you, Howie is the nicest guy. Um, he did the showcase. He was hysterically funny. He was on his way from Toronto, matriculating to Los Angeles, went, you know, got uh, – and, you know, whatever your experience with him. Then he got that, that show where he played the doctor yeah. and uh, took off, and he's been a big star. He doesn't live far from me. And one day – and it's just amazing, you know, when you know somebody um, – uh, And over the years in L.A., I've run into Howie, you know, every couple, three years or something like that. So one day we go to Starbucks with my wife, and I run into Howie. And we're sitting and we're talking, and we take a picture together. And my wife posts it, and my daughter sees it and goes bananas. And when she comes home from school, she goes, Dad, do you have Howie's number? Can I call him? I love him. I love Howie. I want to call Howie. Can I call him? Can I call him? I said, no, you can't call him. I said, she says, well, i got to meet him, Dad. i got to meet him. I said, well, I'm not going to call him. You can't call him. But the next time I see him, I'll tell him you say hello. (laughs) So a few days later, we run into him again. I mean, I haven't seen him in years, but it's like a week later, I run into him again. And I said, oh, my God, my daughter saw the picture of us. And he said, "Um, tell me about your daughter. And he said, why don't you have her come to? They were doing America's Got Talent. And I think it was the the finals or the semifinals. He said, come be my guest. He says, and you'll sit near me. And he was so gracious and generous. We sat maybe 10 or 12 feet from him. And then in a break, he had my daughter come up and hit the golden buzzer, take pictures with the judges. And she posted it everywhere. She was, she was a hero at school. And uh, how nice of Howie to do that. And, um, you know, he has kids of his own. So he knows what that's like, you know, when, when kids. Uh, and he just was so sweet.
1: Yeah, he was always very nice. He, I, I don't remember him ever being anything but nice. And, uh, and, and the comedians all liked him. Everybody that knew him liked him. We're talking to uh, producer, actor, comic writer, Sandy Hackett. And we're going to take a quick break. we got more to chat with Sandy about right after this.
0: Oh, yeah. Folks, this is The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. It's the free month magazine full of really great stuff. Check it out at the vegasvoice.net. Stick around. Sandy, Rich and I return right after this.
4: Did Louis the Coin really soak the sheets with red wine in Rome? Yes. Did he really tell a federal court after testing positive Uh, for cocaine in his 70s uh, that he only used coke for sex? Yes. Well, you can get these tales and more in the great book, You Thought It Was More, Adventures of the World's Greatest Counterfeiters. It's available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at louisthecoinbook.com. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at louisthecoinbook.com.
5: My Shiro doesn't always wear a cape. But she always has time for a hug, a smile, for going the extra mile. My Shiro stretches every dollar, puts in long hours, puts others first. But now it's your time, Mom. When you're ready to retire, we want you to be able to enjoy it. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A public
4: service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
6: Hi there, I'm pretty sure I'm Bruce Baum, and if you like hot sauce, you're going to really like my new Noggin Blast organic hot sauces, available at nogginblast.com. These are hot sauces the whole family can enjoy, depending on how you raise your family. Every bottle is signed by me, whether you want me to or not. So if you want some, it's at nogginblast.com. That's N-O-G-G-I-N- B-L-A-S-T Nogginblast.com Nogginblast.com
0: Welcome back to The Vegas Voice. Now, here again the host, comic impressionist Rich Ah, uh,
3: This is Johnny Carson, uh, and uh, we, are, we are joined this morning by uh, the famous producer, comedian, writer, actor Sandy Hackett.
1: Are you, are you familiar with
3: Sandy Hackett? John? <laughs>
0: yes.
1: <laughs> the son of Buddy Hackett. Now Buddy now your dad was on the Tonight Show how many times, Sandy?
2: My father was on the Tonight Show and he said to Johnny one time, she, John, I when he was retiring, "John, I've been with you together longer than all of your wives
1: combined." <laughs> <laughs> so did he did, did 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 he write all his own stuff? Uh
2: Oh, yeah, and my dad was on The Tonight Show. He had more appearances than any other guest in the history of the show.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So now, growing up in that that house like that, what was that like? I mean, your dad obviously traveled a lot, right? He went in and out of town a lot?
2: Well, he did. I mean, we lived back east when I was young, and my dad came out to the West Coast to make Mad World uh which was shot in 62 and released in 63 and we moved to california for a year and we moved back east and it was cold and i kept telling my parents it's cold i want to go back to california and one day they looked at me in the winter time and said he's right And they sold the house back east and we moved out to california and at that time, he had a big contract uh, working in Las Vegas. So this really worked out well for him because now he was only an hour from home instead of five hours from home by airplane. And yeah. the, in those days, Western Airlines would hold the plane for him after the, the midnight show, like 2 o'clock in the morning, so he could get home and, and get up and make breakfast for us to see us off to school and then go back to work in Vegas. So he'd come home three or four nights a week.
1: Wow, wow, that worked out great and you and your dad did acting stuff too. He did um quite quite a bit of acting, right?
2: Oh my god, my dad uh at twenty one he won an award called The Donaldson, which was the precursor to the Tony Award for best newcomer on Broadway. um he was in uh in the sixties he was in Mad World, which was the number one grossing comedy. Of all time when it came out and remained that way for many many years until the hundred million dollar films came out, he was in *Music Man*, which was the number one grossing musical of all time until I think uh, you know he got beat by the next one, *Sound and Music*. And then he was in Disney's *The Love Bug*, which was a huge movie for Disney at the towards the end of the the, the decade. And uh, and then many years later, uh, he did *Little Mermaid*, was the voice of the seagull. And, uh, Disney got him, a, a, a sponsored him for the star on the walk of fame up in Hollywood. And, uh, they, I was, he had been inducted. He was, became a Disney legend where they have a whole courtyard and plaques and stuff like that. And my dad had passed away before he could accept it. So I was the one that went to accept it on his behalf.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And he started in the Catskill mountains. Is that correct?
2: Uh, he, well, he he started in a lot of places. I mean, p- people are known for that because that's where he went up and he certainly got a start, but he was from Brooklyn and used to work in places, you know, in, in Brooklyn. Uh, there are some clubs there that he worked in. Uh, and, you know, like all Comets, when you're starting, you get up wherever you can. But, yeah, I think he made a name for himself. Uh, up there in the Catskills. And in those days, for people that are not familiar, I mean, not only was it a resort world, but there were like 500 places you could work. And when I say 500 places, there were a handful of big hotel resorts, but then they used to have these things called kukkalanes, these little villages of people with little trailers or tents or cabins. And you'd go and you'd do a show for, you know, 20, 30, 40 people. And you could do four or five shows a night and just go from place to place to place. Wow. And that's how you got your stage time in those days. Wow! All those guys did. My dad and Rickles and Newhart and Sid Caesar and Jan Murray and Red Buttons and Bill Burrell and Danny Thomas. I mean, it's just, you know, the, the list goes on and on. And sadly, you know, except for Bob Newhart, everybody else is gone.
1: Yeah. So now now uh, when you were growing up, did you have was there a lot of celebrities came over to visit? Did you do you remember celebrities coming to the house and stuff?
2: I I do, but I remember them now as an adult. Then they were just my dad's friends.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I didn't really know that they were, quote unquote, Celebrities. I I, and I wasn't even sure that my dad was. I mean, I went with my dad to in, in when I was a kid to Tonight Show tapings. He was on Broadway for a year in a show called uh, I Had a Ball, and he used to love to go to that. And the show, you know, was poorly reviewed, and they thought it was going to close. And my dad was the star of the show. His name was above the title. And then what he did is he would come out after the show and do his nightclub act because he didn't want to. You know, get rusty. And so people would go see the show and then stay for him to do his nightclub act. And he kept the show open for a year and kept everybody working. And then in those days, I mean, a lot of acts used to, I used to go with my dad since I was eight, nine years old, but he used to love to play. He used to love to go hang out with him. And then so many celebrities would come backstage to say hello. And uh Richard Pryor, I mean, I, I never get to tell this story, but Richard Pryor was one of the, uh comedians that would come backstage and talk to my dad. And then one day Richard came and stayed there at our house for a couple of weeks. And my dad and he would just sit and talk comedy. And, um, Richie was just, I mean, he was, you know, he was before the drugs and before this and that just looking to, you know, get ahead and learn what he did. And he was such a, a, a nice man. And years later I went to, I snuck into his show and then I went backstage to try to get in to see him and said, who are you kid? You can't come in here. And Richard was looking down the hallway. The door was open to his dressing room. And they said, who are you? And they said, well, I'm Sandy Hackett. I want to say hello to Mr. Pryor. And, and Richard looked up and he says, Sandy? And he says, yeah, he said, let him in. That's my friend. And wow. he said, sit next to me. And I sat there with Richard Pryor, 15 years old. I had ridden my bicycle uh, to get to see him and uh, couldn't have been any sweeter.
1: Wow, that's amazing. I bet you have 100 stories like that, you know, with the different stars. Not 100,
2: but when you ask about, you know, people, I mean, I got into the Rat Pack business because in, in when HBO was going to do the movie about the Rat Pack, Joey Bishop called me to tell me HBO was doing a movie about the Rat Pack and said he thought I would be perfect to play him. And yeah, I so said, tell us about wow. that. Now
1: that you had that, you produced that show that ran for a long time, right? Tell us where that, that ran. And... Still
2: runs. We, we we toured the country, but uh, you know, at, at the time, I said, "Joey," I said, "Wow, the, I would Uncle Joey. I would love to do that." Who, who do I call? What do I do? He says, "I don't know. Nobody called me." <laughs> and uh, HBO, HBO had never called him. Never, you know, the only surviving member. Never interviewed him never anything and bobby slayton ended up playing joey and he did a very nice job but that movie was really about how kennedy helped get uh kennedy how how sinatra helped to get kennedy elected president and really not much about the rat pack they just used the rat pack monitor for marketing purposes but uh you know joey was was great and that started me on a uh, you know i said well i want to play joey so i created a show and uh cast myself as joey bishop
1: yeah and that's awesome so you guys are still touring you're still going out and doing that
2: we still tour it slowed down with with yeah you know you know we 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 just did the omicron tour to nobody (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, but uh we look forward to going back to work it's always a fun show the audiences are great and uh it's a lot of fun, a lot of comedy. My wife is in the show. My daughter's in the show. Plays Nancy Sinatra. My wife plays Ava Gardner. And then of course Frank and Dean and Sammy. And and we have original music from my wife's father, who you're going to talk to next week, uh, Ron Miller, who wrote for Once in My Life, Touch Me in the Morning, If I Could, Yesterday Me, Yesterday Yesterday Sunday Christmas, Have It Help Us All. So it, it's we are you know there are other Rat Pack shows out there, but there's nothing like ours that has original comedy, original music, and none of them have the character of Joey Bishop.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Your your, your wife, I should mention, is Lisa Don Miller, and uh, she is the, the, the daughter of Ron Miller, who is a famous songwriter, and you just named a bunch of songs and stuff. Um, that, yeah, we're going to have Lisa on the show and and, and chat about all that. Um, we're talking to Sandy Hackett. He's a producer, actor, comedian, writer. His website is sandyhackett.com. And we were talking about the uh, Rat Pack. And the Rat Pack uh, show, now, how many years now have you been doing the Rat Pack? Because it's been going for a while.
2: Oh, my goodness. I've been doing a version of the Rat Pack show for 20 years. Wow. Um, wow. My show, my, my show uh, since 2009. And that show has its own website, com. And uh, –
1: Oh, who, who's doing a Dean Martin in that show? Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, well, you know, there's a wonderful actor in Las Vegas named Tom Wallach. And Tom and I have been friends for 35 years. And he actually does a great Joey Bishop. And when I first started doing the show, um, I hired him to do Joey when I was on the road or touring the show when he would do it in Las Vegas. And then, uh, but I, he said, I want to work more. I want to do this. And he says, I can do Dean. And so he started working on his Dean. And so he's been working with me doing Dean for uh, 10 or 12 years. So he's, and he's quite wonderful.
1: Yeah, that's great. So you guys play a lot of, uh, what what do you play theaters, clubs, uh, just kind of a mix?
2: We've done everything. Um, the, the show is really a touring theatrical production, um, and so we've done all kinds of performing arts spaces uh, across the country. The Kaufman Center in Kansas City, it's a $100 million facility with two theaters side-by-side, and the the um, orchestra, what do you call it, the symphony is on one side, and the, they do shows on the other, and we set records there. Uh, we've been in Los Angeles at the Thousand Oaks and the Theater for Performing Arts out there. Uh, we've been in Cerritos. We've been... Uh, uh, all over florida i mean there's there's probably 50 venues you know all more gorgeous than the next you know two three thousand seat arenas uh but right before covid we worked in eisenhower park on long island outdoors to like 10,000 people it was uh just amazing to be outdoors like that and uh do an outdoor event and people come and you know you're, you're sitting there in rehearsal and there's nobody there it's just a big lawn and then all of a sudden you know about an hour before showtime people start showing up with lawn chairs and towels and and blankets and then they, and then all of a sudden you're going wow it's just a sea of people and uh it was it was amazing and that was a lot of fun but we we've been uh i think we've we've done a thousand shows on the road all over at all kinds of places so it's been great and plus we've done all casinos in atlantic city and and obviously we ran las vegas for years we've been in casinos across america in uh wow well, you know in california in arizona in uh oregon washington uh the midwest i can't even remember all of them. minnesota so, uh, you know, the show works anywhere. We've done a lot of private events, corporate events. We did the Pepsi Center in, in Denver for the NBA. We've done all kinds of stuff.
1: That's, that's terrific. And, uh, and this is a show that you, it can run forever because everybody loves those, those, those uh, personalities in the show
2: well you know they love them but amazingly you know the the world is getting younger the, the older people are dying off and you, you know you say you said someone like Frank Sinatra 20 years ago when he was had only just passed and everybody go oh i want to see that and now you mentioned Frank Sinatra and, and Dean Martin. You know, there's only a select group of people that know who those people are. You know, almost nobody remembers Joey Bishop. Sammy's quickly fading from memory. And sadly, so are Dean and Frank. And if not for the music of, of, of Frank and the, the roasts of, of Dean, you know, that they'd be distancing from memory too, including my father. And it's just, you know, that's just the way time works. You know, the new people come and they don't even know who you're talking about. And then sometimes you you introduce them to a show or a TV show or, you know, like this Lucy movie that's on that Aaron Sorkin wrote, Mm -hmm. you know, about Lucille Ball. But there's a lot of people that have no idea who that is and just look at it and go, "Oh, I wonder who that was. And they watch it and... Maybe they go back and watch the old Lucy shows, which were, you know, incredible and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's an amazing world we live in as time marches forward.
1: Yeah, that's terrific. Well, Sandy Hackett, the website is SandyHackett.com. Producer, comedian, writer, actor. Hey, much success, Sandy. Come back again. Thank you so much for being on this morning. Thank
2: you for having me. And uh, have
1: mask, will travel. Wait, one more Buddy Hackett impression before you go.
2: Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Guy goes into the pharmacy, and you know, the pharmacist says, "How can I help you?" He said, "I'd like to get some." Uh, 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 oh, I forgot my own joke. Oh, that's what happens when you've been
4: dead for a while.
2: You don't even remember your own material.
1: All right, well, Sandy, thanks, I'll have to buddy. Come back when I can remember stuff. Take care, guys. Bye, bye, Sandy. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Folks, you're tuned to The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, brought to you by The Vegas Voice magazine. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. Stick around. Mark Pollock joins us right after this.
4: You hear Mr. Big every week on this show. Now Mr. Big invites you to visit him online and save some money. All his books are now on Kindle, and he's got a variety of books, fiction and nonfiction, including The Life and Times of Frank Balasteri, books on casino games, and much more. You can buy the Kindle and save even more money. Go to milwaukeemob.com. That's milwaukeemob.com. That's milwaukeemob.com.
0: Celebrity voice
4: impersonated.
3: Well, this is Dr. Phil talking at you. You know all those messed up kids you see on my TV show? Well, they're not book readers. Your kids need something fun to read. That's why I recommend American Stonehenge. It's a modern adventure story filled with great characters and mysterious plot twists. For a free preview... Of the first four chapters, go to Jimmyandrew.com. That's Jimmy and Use promo code Rich25 and receive a 25% discount. Go to Jimmy and use promo code RICH25. Get your kids reading. That way they stay off my TV show. What were you thinking?
7: Replacing your air conditioning and heating system is a big decision. That's why Johnny on the Spot Air Conditioning and Heating tailors every new unit estimate to meet our clients' needs. We go over all the options with you and custom design a new system for you and your home. And of course, these consultations are always free. Schedule your free new unit estimate online at johnny's.vegas or call us at 702 Johnny's. That's 702-564-6697. Contractor license number 76827.
0: Welcome back to The Vegas Voice. Now, here again, the host, comic impressionist Rich D'Adole.
1: We are back. We are joined this morning by the uh, head gentleman of the Giving Back Fund, which he's going to talk about. How are you? Mark Pollock? is his name. Hi, Mark.
8: I'm good. Thank you so much, Rich, for having me on. I, I wish I had a uh, an impression prepared, but I but I don't. <laughs> um, Mark, Mark,
3: oh, this is Jimmy Stewart. Mark, Mark Pollock is here. Wow, it's a
1: wonderful life. It's a wonderful, life. A wonderful life, Mary. Mary, it's a wonderful life, Mister Potter. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. So, tell us about now. Tell us about the giving back fund and what what it what it, uh, you're all involved with over there.
8: Sure. The giving back sign is actually an idea that I had in the shower. You know, we have our best ideas in the shower, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know 20, about that.
8: <laughs> 25 years ago in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, I came up with the idea of creating an organization that would link together wealth and fame and leverage both on behalf of philanthropy, whatever cause a, a famous person cares about. And so I, I created it in Boston. Uh, we've just had our 25th anniversary on February 5th. Um, And it it was a simple idea that you would take a famous person, let's say Michael J. Fox, who cares about Parkinson's, and he leverages the love uh, and support that he has from fans all over the world on behalf of his cause, which is Parkinson's. And the Giving Back Fund helps athletes and entertainers and people like you and me all over the world do that on behalf of uh, hundreds and hundreds of causes. We've created some 600 foundations in 25 years all over the world for causes you've heard of and causes you've probably never heard of. Um, and that's what the Giving Back Fund is. We are a sort of national community foundation that does work all over the world.
1: And you've been going for like 25 years, right?
8: 25 years.
1: Yeah. Well, so now if, the, if folks uh, want to donate, what do they do?
8: Well, um, they go to givingback.org. Um, and they can donate to uh, either the Giving Back Fund or any of the many foundations that we manage for people, Um, many of whom you've heard of, uh, like uh, the model Cara Delevingne and and the great basketball star Yao Ming and the football star Ben Roethlisberger, and I could go on for 600 names, but um, just about any cause that you care about, we probably have a foundation that uh, supports that. Um, So it's it's an exciting way to sort of uh, make a living in the world to be helping people every day in so many different ways all around the world.
1: Right. And so now are are you based in a certain city or or what city are you?
8: We are. So we, I was, I founded the giving back one in Boston um, Mm. and then we moved out to LA about uh, 15 years ago. You can do sports from Boston, but you can't really do entertainment from Boston, but you can do both from LA. So we moved our headquarters out to LA and we're based here but as i said we we do philanthropy you know in all 50 states and uh just about every continent all over the world
1: yeah that's amazing so tell us some of the celebrities that have been involved um, over the years
8: well, uh, we started, the very first client was uh, <clears throat> the then-captain the, the then of the Boston Celtics, whose name was D. Brown. Yeah. The second client was a, uh, a football star who won the Heisman Trophy for throwing the most famous pass in college football history. I should test you and see if you know his name. But his name was uh, Doug Flutie. Oh, Doug and Flutie, yeah. And four- Doug Flutie was our second client. And wow. the third and fourth clients I think you've heard of, they were two teenagers in love named Brittany and Justin. Can you guess their last
1: names? Britney Spears and Justin uh-huh. Timberlake.
8: Exactly, uh-huh. and then 600 more after that. Um, a a wow. lot of uh, celebrities. We're, we're the official uh, philanthropy consultant for the entire NFLPA, so work with a lot of professional football players, basketball players, um, and and really anybody who has a philanthropic dream we can help them execute on it. We've built schools in China and orphanages in Africa and women's shelters in Haiti and done things all over the united states so every day it's something new and it keeps the work exciting well
1: that's amazing so you 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 travel to different cities and in other words are there are there like sports programs uh for for the kids and things like that or what kind of or theater theater stuff or what what kind of activities do they get involved with when they're oh
8: when you talk about theater stuff we just started a foundation with a A very famous um, producer and writer named Daniel um, Mm Vole about a blind theater group in Santa Monica, California, and it's a new foundation. They're going to be creating uh, a documentary around this blind theater troupe. So really, it's as wide and and uh, the variety is whatever someone can think of to make the world a better place. We can start a foundation around it. We give you a 501c3 and then put a staff around your idea to make sure that we build it somewhere in the world. So, yeah, we've done lots of things, projects with kids and camps and all kinds of things. With Britney Spears, we created a camp for the performing arts on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, uh, for kids to experience the performing arts. Justin Timberlake was about music programs in the public schools, and Ben Roethlisberger was about police dogs. We've given away 296 police dogs all over the United States through Ben's foundation over the 18-year career that he had as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Wow. Now, the, when you say you given away the police dogs, the police dogs you, you gave to families or you gave them to the—, the No,
8: to the police department, police to and fire departments would give a dog a bulletproof vest and training and, and the, so, so you know, the dog he,
1: is the dog already trained when you give them, or do they train them on the other end.
8: Um, if if the dog it hasn't been trained, we pay for the training, and wow. otherwise, uh, it's a trained dog, and and uh, and and it's very needed. Police forces um, often don't have funding to have canines, and so Ben's Foundation has been funding this for uh, eighteen years.
1: Wow, that's amazing! And now, when, when dogs are, I don't know, I don't know much about the the, the police dog uh, history, but. How many years do they, on the average, do, does a dog serve in the police department?
8: Well, they can serve as long as 10 years, but it's a dangerous job. That's why yeah. we also provide a bulletproof vest. Um, yeah. It started out by, you know, Ben is from uh, a small town named Finley in Ohio, and uh, a dog was killed in the act of duty. And so, um, you know, it moved him greatly, and that's what led to uh, one of the things that led to creating his foundation to it replace that police dog and then it was an incredible idea he had. He gives a police dog to the away team for every game the Steelers play. So if, if they go to play Cincinnati, he'll give a dog to the Cincinnati police force. And so the, the article in the newspaper the next day is, you know, boo Ben because he's trying to beat our team, but not so loudly because he's helping our community. Isn't
1: that cool? <laughs> That's really cool. I'll bet you know you find yeah. that, uh, that a lot of the, uh, the, the athletes and performers are, are very giving people.
8: Yes, they are. Um, they have, you know, when you're famous in the world today, you have a platform. Yeah. And that platform can be used for so much good. Um, in fact, there's not much else it's worth
1: Tell that, to the, tell that to board. the politicians, will you please, Mark? <laughs>
8: yes. Let, let's hope that they're listening. Let's hope they're Let listening.
1: Hope they're listening. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. They have a platform. And, and, they, and they really, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected. They have, they have really a responsibility to, to make a difference when they have that kind of platform. Don't you agree with that? Well, I would say uh,
8: an opportunity. Instead of a responsibility. Because, you know, when we look at wealthy people, we say, well, look how wealthy you are. You should donate. No, you can keep every penny you earn if you want. But when you're that wealthy, when you're a billionaire or multimillionaire, you have the opportunity to help others and you're still not going to starve. So, yeah. you know, yeah. if, you, if you have a hundred million dollars, you can give away a whole million, and if you clip coupons and you know, and are frugal, you'll be able to survive on the other ninety-nine.
1: Million. <laughs> well, you know, that reminded me of the old an old joke uh, Jay Leno used to do, where he goes, uh, he goes, well, well, I, I read that an actor. An actor's uh, agent negotiated a contract for uh, $19,095. And he goes, well, well, how, how, does, how does the agent negotiate this? They said, we're prepared to give your client $10 million. Come on, the man's got to eat. <laughs>
8: well you mentioned jay and that's a perfect segue because jay was one of the hosts for our big game big give which is the annual event we do at the super bowl every year to raise over a million dollars for charities all over the country and jay uh this is its 12th year this year that we're doing the event and jay was one of the hosts when we had it in the super bowl it was in silicon valley he's a wonderful guy and uh, he hosted our event that year this year it's Rob Lowe. You've probably heard of Rob. Sure. And, uh, and this year, the event, because of COVID, um, is happening in the metaverse. In the what? Have you ever been to the metaverse? No. I, I haven't either. Well, I, I have now. Where, where, what it, the where, is,
1: week. where is that?
8: The metaverse. Um, is a special universe that has been created uh, by Meta, by Facebook, um, oh, that will be the wave of the future. And we are reality. holding the first ever Super Bowl event in the Metaverse this year so that no one catches COVID at our event. So virtual uh, reality.
1: Yeah, virtual reality, right?
8: You'll put on an Oculus and become your avatar. And you'll be able to, to come to this event. And it's very exciting. We It's we sold out. And, um, and Facebook Meta has created this entire venue for us that's absolutely gorgeous. It looks like the Bellagio Hotel, but you co- go in through your Oculus and you can walk around and uh, meet everybody. And yeah, it's the, it's the very first uh, take pictures and uh, it's very cool. And, and I'm sort of old school, so I'm still learning how to wear my Oculus.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you can, you can reach a lot more people like that, right?
8: You can. You can, attend you can from anywhere go all over the world in, yeah. in the world. You don't have to be somewhere. And it, yeah. it just so happened this year that because of covid, we, we didn't want to hold an event and have anybody get sick at our event. We we've created some 20 foundations to uh, address covid relief uh, in the past two years. And so as a leader in in that area, the last thing we wanted was to have a Super Bowl event where anybody got sick
1: yeah of course yeah we're talking to mark Pollock. he's the founder of uh of the giving back fund and you can go to their website it's called givingback.org givingback.org. we org. we got to take a quick commercial we got a little more to chat with with mark Pollock right after this
0: Folks, you're tuned to The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP, Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. Stick around. Rich, Mark, and I return following these brief messages. celebrity voice impersonated.
3: Well, This is Dr. Phil talking at you. You know all those messed up kids you see on my TV show? Well, they're not book readers. Your kids need something fun to read. That's why I recommend American Stonehenge. It's a modern adventure story filled with great characters and mysterious plot twists. For a free preview, of the first four chapters, go to jimmyandandrew.com. That's jimmyandandrew.com. Use promo code RICH25 and receive a 25% discount. Go to jimmyandandrew.com and use promo code RICH25. Get your kids reading. That way they stay off my TV show.
1: Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
0: The quick and painless commercial break. A Vegas Voice exclusive. Now, here again the host comic impressionist rich natoli
1: how about that mark Pollock? isn't he something
0: he is something. i can't
1: stop doing bob hope i don't know i do that <laughs> in my sleep i want to tell you uh mark pollack uh is with us now he's the founder of uh giving back the giving back fund and you can go to their website it's givingback.org and uh, learn all about uh the different charities that they're involved with so mark so what did you do before this like um you know uh, did you always want to always want to do this type of work
8: no, I'm so glad you asked me. I, you, you must be prescient. You must be a mind reader, because I'm going to ask you to ask me that as a lead-in to something else I want to talk about. Sure. If I gave you 10,000 guesses, you would not guess my previous career. It's that sort of unusual and esoteric. I am a Holocaust scholar. I did a Ph.D. with a man named Ellie Wiesel. Wait, you were what? It, once, you kind no,
1: of broke up there. I didn't hear it.
8: I'm sorry. I'm a Holocaust scholar. Holocaust, the uh, Nazi Holocaust. Oh, oh,
1: scholar, you said?
8: Yes. I I, uh, was a professor, and I um, did a Ph.D. with a man named Elie Wiesel, who won the Nobel Prize.
0: Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Wow. And so So you— Yeah.
8: The connection was when Elie won the Nobel Peace Prize, I created a foundation in his name— and then, you know, it makes you famous when you win the Nobel Peace Prize. So, anybody I would call in the world, if I said I'm calling on behalf of Mark Pollock, they wouldn't return my call. But if I said I'm calling on behalf of Ellie Wiesel, they would. Well, so, uh, wow. uh, I went down to the local courthouse and just changed my name to Ellie Wiesel. No, I'm
1: cheating. <laughs> well, that, uh, that, I, uh, I think I might have done that. That's how you get your, your calls answered.
8: Exactly. So, so it gave me the idea a few years after creating Ellie's Foundation that I could create the Giving Back Fund, which would help any celebrity do what they wanted to do philanthropically. And so the reason I'm so glad you asked me that is in addition to the big game, big give, which we're doing at Super Bowl this year, an opportunity came out of the blue, just fell out of the sky a week ago. Do you guys know what a crop artist is, C-R-O-P? No. A crop artist is an artist who creates portraits on land. Hmm. And the most famous crop artist in the United States, his name is Stan Hurd. He's from Kansas. He approached us. He's done uh, President Biden and Kamala Harris and, and uh, John Lewis in Freedom Park. And so he creates acre-large portraits of people. And you can see it from the air or you can walk up and see it. And he approached us last week and said, the Super Bowl is in L.A. next week, and a school right next to SoFi Stadium has given us an acre of land. Would you like me to do something for you on it? And in literally the last four days, I said, yes, I would. I would like you to draw a portrait of Elie Wiesel. It's in the flight pattern of LAX. So every plane that flies into LAX has to fly over this field. And when you take an aerial shot of SoFi Stadium, you will see this field. So he's created an acre-large portrait of Ellie Wiesel with his famous quote, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Yeah. And everyone flying into L.A. will see that quote in Ellie's photograph. In the land, on the land.
1: Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And you know, that, that, isn't that such a true quote, though?
8: It is. It, it really is. Uh, he fought against indifference his entire life, and uh, that's what won him the Nobel Peace Prize, um, is that too many people are indifferent to suffering that goes on, and you can't be neutral no. when there's evil in the world. You need to take a side, and and that was really the essence of his life. And so um, we're just so excited that this fell out of the sky, literally, and, and we had the opportunity to do this. And so uh, I, I want you and your listeners to know about it, um, it's an incredible project, and it, it's one of those things. Well, I didn't know this artist until a week ago, but now that I do and saw what he's done in the world, and a whole movie has been made on his life, he's a famous artist. And combining that with Ellie Wiesel and the Super Bowl is really extraordinary.
1: Now, is there a uh, is there a website for that that the folks could go to?
8: Yes, um, if you go to um, Big Game. Biggive.org. There'll be information about it. and There's going to be a QR code on the grass next to Ellie's picture, and people will have an opportunity to contribute to a fund that we're creating to give an annual award to a young person who fights against indifference. So wow. if you have any kids— that, you know, let them know about this award. If they fight against indifference every year, we're going to give an award to a young person who does that.
1: Well, that's terrific. Good for you, Mark. You're doing some great stuff. And uh, again, the Giving Back uh, website is uh, givingback.org, and you can go there and learn about it. What's next uh, for the Giving Back uh, Fund now? What are you guys doing next?
8: Well, I guess we're going to... This gift that we got from Facebook this year, uh, Facebook Meta, of, of this venue that they built us to have our event, they are gifting it to us. And so we're going to get this multimillion-dollar venue that we'll be able to have events in well into the future. And so it's a whole new world to be in the metaverse, and it's something that I have to learn a lot more about. But we're going to be able to hold you know, social impact events in the metaverse in this beautiful venue that they've created going forward, as well as all the, you know, philanthropy that we continue to do for so many people. So it, it's exciting. This is an, an important time in the world for people to step up and, you know, as you said so correctly, to whom much is given, much is expected.
1: Yeah. Good for you, Mark. Continued success, buddy. Come back and see us again, and uh, we'll get an update on you in the future. Um, givingback.org is the website. Mark Pollock, thank you so much, Mark.
8: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Folks, you've been
0: listening to The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, brought to you by The Vegas Voice magazine. It's the free monthly magazine. It's full of all kinds of great stuff. It is the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. And join us next Thursday morning at 10. Rich and I love it when you come by and say hello. We know there's a million places you could be. You could be anywhere on the world. But the fact that you've chosen to spend, spend a little time with us, it means the world. So join us next Thursday morning at 10. I'm John the announcer, and we are out of here. direct from the Vegas Voice radio studio. It's the Vegas Voice Scams, Schemes, and Senior Safety. Everything you need to know to avoid becoming a target of elder scams. Now, here's your host, the publisher of the Vegas Voice, Dan Roberts.
6: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another segment of Scams, Schemes, and Senior Safety. I'm Dan Roberts publisher of The Vegas Voice, and our goal is to inform you of all the bad stuff that surrounds our lives when we answer the telephone or reply to emails. I don't know about you, but lately I received quite a few telephone calls from individuals claiming to be debt collectors. I've gotten all kinds, from robocalls telling me to press one for more info, to others that claim I owe money for something I never ordered, to even claims for stuff that I know I already paid in full. Even worse, some of these so-called collectors even threaten to call the police to have me arrested if I do not immediately pay. Some even claim that they are the police, or even more frightening, lawyers. Now, rather than engage in an extended telephone call that you know you can't win, i found the perfect statements to ask to see if their claims are legit. Before you even think about paying one, find out who's calling. Get the name of the collector, the collection company, its address, and phone number. At the very least, you'll throw him off his game. And if he refuses to provide the information, well, you know what to do. Two, get some validation information about the debt. Did you know that by federal law, within five days of contacting you, legitimate debt collectors must validate or tell you the amount of the debt, the name of the current creditor, and how to get the name of the original creditor? Again, force the guy to tell you all information. And if they refuse, well, you know what to do. Number three, and this is the best response yet, just dispute the debt. Say it doesn't exist or was paid months ago. Make them send you proof in writing. And if for any reason they don't have your home address, you know the guy's a scammer. Four, finally, don't even think about responding to any threats. If the caller threatens you to have you arrested, suspend your driving license, Medicare privileges, or Social Security payment, it's a scam. End of story. So what should you do when you get that telephone call? The answer is simple. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. And hang up the phone. I do have one suggestion if you have any questions or concerns. Contact me. Afraid they're going to arrest you? Have no concerns. I'll post your bail. Just email me at dan at thevegasvoice.net. That's dan at thevegasvoice.net. We'll have more scams in future segments. Until then, this is Dan Roberts, hoping that everyone stays safe, be smart, and to always slam those scams.
7: Replacing your air conditioning and heating system is a big decision. That's why Johnny on the Spot Air Conditioning and Heating tailors every new unit estimate to meet our clients' needs. We go over all the options with you and custom design a new system for you and your home. And of course, these consultations are always free. Schedule your free new unit estimate online at johnnies.vegas or call us at 702 Johnny's. That's 702-564-6697. Contractor license number 76827.